for people who enjoy real conversations. It's Naked Monday with David Temple. Hello and welcome to Naked Monday. I'm your host, David Temple. My special guest today is Sean O'Rourke, someone I've known a long time. And as you will hear, we met back when he was a writer-producer at QVC and I was an on-air talent. The reason Sean's on today's show is because I couldn't think of anyone better who would bring their A-game as we dig into a topic we both are quite passionate about, movies. So on today's show, we're going to list our top 10 favorite movies. Please welcome my buddy, Sean O'Rourke. Well, hello, fine, sir. I'm very excited about today's show, <clears throat> Naked Monday, because this guy, all right, we did the math last time, 20, Five. 25 years. 25 years. A quarter of a century I have known you. Exactly. That is crazy. Folks, here's some of the beautiful things about, and, and this is, I'm not trying to blow smoke, but you know you got a real friend when you can go years without you know, years and you pick up the phone and you start talking like, like you just said, Hey, listen, I'll call you tomorrow and uh, have a good day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the way it kind of works because you've, I've been in the Northeast the whole time, but you've kind of had a vagabond life. We met in Philadelphia at uh, QVC. Well, technically at Westchester. Yeah. Outside of Philadelphia. I lived in Devon. You lived in uh, King of Prussia. King of Prussia. That's yeah. right. You, uh, then I went to, Carolina. I went to Carolina for a short stint. Then, because I remember packing you up and you had yeah, a trailer yeah. for your car. Jeez. And then I went from there to LA and then right. back, back to that was Virginia. Then I went to Carolina. Yeah. But I had gone, I was in New York doing a radio show before I came to you. And uh, uh, correct. You did the last, you were doing the morning show for the last country music station in New York City. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? WY and Live. I got a photograph from those days, but I don't know where it is. It's a fun. Oh, wait, I know where it is. Hang on a second. It's right. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Lion Light Cat and Day Morning Show. Oh, look at that. That was, uh, that was 19, that was, uh, uh, 95. So you do the math. I'm too beat. Yeah, it's 26 years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 38 because 37, 38, because I was I was I was an eligible bachelor and I was going to get married. I do remember that. I didn't think we were going to go over there. But, you know, we both of us, uh, I was engaged at the time I met you. And then we both sort of saw the light and said, mm, it's probably not the right decision for either one of us. I'm trying to think of she was a host for QVC and I'm trying. Cute. Yeah, let's let's not go there. Let's not put it on the record. And mine was a uh, socialite, uh, social climber, and uh, <laughs> really, they were very nice. Let's, they were nice. Let's get they were really, they were nice, nice women. People. We it, had good times. It just good times, just right. But it was it was not a forever kind of relationship. No. And I married the. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna roll her eyes, but the sweetest, smartest, kindest woman. I've ever met, and I. And you did I, hit it out of the park, dude. I'll, I'll give you that. Tammy's, she, uh, Tammy's a, a catch for you. She is just, you know what? I was gonna. Oh, uh, she, she's so funny when you when you do photographs and you like, hey, I'm gonna share this with my friends. She's like, yeah, yeah, n- not that one. Okay, not that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm there too. Yeah, I'm there. Okay, too. how about this one? 
Oh, not that one, not that one. I saved, I saved, uh, so my wife, Susan, sent me a, a picture, a selfie she took of herself. I said, hey, I'm gonna make that my lock screen on my phone. And then she, within 60 seconds, she says, here, this one's got better lighting, better shading, she said. Oh, so, no. I, so, I don't even know which version. Yeah, there you go, here. Is I do mine. And those are the lock screens. That's when you know you got a real winner. There you go. She's so beautiful. Please yeah. tell her I said hello. I will do so. Actually, I told her the last time you and I recorded because we did a quid pro quo. That's how yep. we agreed to be on to do this. She and I got to tell you, this one was much harder for me than the last one. All right, let me do this. I'm going to tee up. Sean O'Rourke right here is a yeah. cyber liability consultant for an insurance brokerage firm headquartered in beautiful New York City. When he's not prepared, uh, not preparing companies to be hacked, Sean is also, I did not know this, he's a CrossFit and Spartan coach. Mm -hmm. All right, side note, best shape I've ever been in my life, I know we said this on your show, was when yeah. I worked out with you. This guy is a beast, but he's not just a beast like, hey, grab that steel and lift no, it. No, 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 it's, it's like, here's why you, here's what you lift, here's how you lift it, here's why you're lifting it. Yeah, I'm not under this shirt. This uh, this under this shirt is not hugeness. So, if you're yeah, looking to just to lift heavy shit, I'm not the I'm not the guy. And he's also the host of his own YouTube channel called Did You Know That? There you go. All right. Of which you were on. His Dude. episode, David's episode, is up. Is live. It's a really good one. Uh, yeah, we had a, a lot of fun recording that. Give us a 30, uh, 20 second blurb on that. On the episode, mm -hmm. well, I uh, on my channel, I wanted to start doing uh, a top ten list because I I interview interesting people about interesting things, and uh, I wanted to do top ten lists because that always sparks debate. And uh, I gave you a choice, and uh, to do, and then you said, well, how about this? How about we do both topics, but we split it between your channel and my channel. I love so it. for you, we did top 10 books on my channel. And today we're going to do top 10 movies. Now there you go. Top, these are our top. All right, watch this. There are 10 favorites. There's they're yes. not quintessential 10 favorites. They're not the true top 10. Oh, this list will change yeah, yeah, in yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. This is because I will have forgotten a movie that I loved and what have you. I've been thinking about it ever since. And probably six of these 10, and we're going to start with you, six of these 10 um, are rock solid. Maybe five, but certainly certainly five, probably six. Meaning those other four, I'm like, well, how? no, I'll put that in the honorable mentions. All right, by the way, we do have a bonus and two honorable mentions just because yes. I can't really do just 10. Oh, uh, dude, forget just two. My list just goes on and on and on and of honorable mentions. But oh. I picked two. I picked two that I think people would be surprised at. That's why I picked them. Okay, so. good. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. These are these are our top 10 favorites, loosely. We're going to start with you with number 10, and we'll okay. roll down to number one. It's not necessarily that number one is the dun 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 Oh, no, 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 no. Number one is oh. rock solid. Okay, my number, number one is the five. only one that is purely rock solid. Ditto. Ditto. Okay. Number one is rocks is immovable, but all yes. other nine are variable. Okay. Yes. What is 
Sean O'Rourke, Cybermaster and CrossFit guru. Number 10 film, favorite film of all time. Okay, so this film, I first watched it with my dad. I don't even know how old I was, uh, to be perfectly honest, but it freaked me out so bad. And it's subtitled. So I was trying to read it and I really didn't understand the implications of it, but it freaked me out so bad. Not nightmares freaked me out. It just, the imagery of it just sort of rattled me. And it continues to this day. Every time I pop this movie in, it continues to get me each and every time. And it's The Seventh Seal by Ingmar Bergman. I think 1957, somewhere around there, Max von Sydow. It's a oh. Swedish movie. Uh, but the guy who plays death in there, basically it's about a, a, a soldier in the crusades who plays chess with death. Uh, and it, it's very philosophical. It's very, it took me years to understand the whole imagery and the, what was being said back and forth. But the visuals on it, it's a black and white movie. And I think if it was in color, it would not have had the same effect. Um, but it is. And I'm, I want to, I'm going to, I always put you the guy's name uh, who plays death in it, but I'm going to try it again anyway. And it's Bengt Ekerat. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not We're gonna Swedish. We're going to let it go. But yeah. But uh, the seventh seal to this day, if I, if I'm not seeking it out and I come across it, I stop and I still watch it as intently as any movie I think I've uh, ever seen. Director was? Uh, Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar Bergman, okay, because you're going to get bonus rounds. Ingrid Bergman's father. So if anybody knows, Ingrid Bergman was a very famous actress in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I was going to say you get bonus bonus points for every time you mention the director or every time you Ooh. tell me the director. Know the director. Oh, I think director. I got. Okay. I think it's okay. There's a couple of them I don't. A okay. couple of them I don't. So I'd have to look them up. All right. Here's my number 10. Okay. I have, and a lot of these are really kind of recent, which shows you that I'm either a, a, a victim or a. Um, I just watch newer movies or my memory is so short that I can't remember all my older favorites. But um, this particular movie I have seen one, two, three, four, probably four times. And it's relatively new. So that's going some, my wife has seen it with me three of those four times. Okay. And it's directed by Christian Gudegast and it's Den of Thieves. Thieves. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not. I would not have pictured you on that one. Okay, Gerard right. Butler. Oh my yeah, god! No, nope. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Gerard Butler movie. Although that he's done some other really great ones, like Three Hundred is really, yeah. Yes. He, that's when he yes. came on the scene, and he's done some real saw so, uh, where he's done like uh, soft guys, meaning tender yeah. guys. He is actually when I sat down to write Devour which is a book that I wrote uh, t almost two years ago. I released it. Did I? Re oh, I released it this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I wrote it last year. I released it this year. And it's about a, um, uh, a, uh, a restaurant tour in San Francisco. Anyway, I won't go down that whole thing. But anyway, when I'm writing the story, I actually 
pictured Gerard Butler and wrote the story with him in mind. That's that's a good way to do it. It's a good so, way to, to to create an anchor. But Den of Thieves, really? Okay, dude, it is okay. so one of the best heist movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably one of the best heist movies, in my opinion, in the last twenty years. Quality cast, too. Quality cast, and when you get yeah. to the end and you go, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. How okay? How hard is I, that? I like that one. Okay. I like that one. That's a good one. Though you do, it's just like your books. You have this recency bias that the the latest that you've read sticks in your head. But then I'm I'm that intrigues me about what your number one rock solid is. Okay, That's I guess number nine. Number nine. All the President's Men. Oh, yes. Now, I was very young during the actual Watergate, but as you know, I'm a history junkie. Uh, that was one of my majors in college. Um, and I know it's over-dramatized and what have you. Uh, and by, by the way, Alan J. Bakula uh, and William Goldman wrote the script on yes. that. Yes. Um, it is, it's tense. It's uh, it is so the pacing of it is perfectly. And it wasn't until maybe my fifth or sixth viewing of it that I realized that there's no music anywhere in the movie until maybe halfway through, maybe not quite halfway through, maybe just a little bit earlier, but when they're in the library going through cards and whatnot, and he starts to do this pull up from over overhead and he starts to pull zoom out library. and that's when the music first pops up but there is no music throughout the or or any kind of even movie music it's just all sound the cars the horns the the wheels on wet streets typewriters especially typewriters lots of typewriters uh, lots of typewriters so uh and i love that movie i mean just the history of it and and whatnot again it's a fictionalized version of the truth but it's, it all did happen. Uh, and so, yeah, all the president's men. Okay, excellent, excellent choice. I have many more things to say about that. I'm gonna keep moving. Okay. My number nine, uh, Tammy and I were hanging out recently and she said, oh, we were up at Lake Tahoe last weekend and we're just hanging out and watching the stars and so forth. And we heard this noise in the wood and we kind of got spooked because earlier that day there was a black bear that had run loose and was injured and was going through the neighborhood and actually sure. walked into the kitchen at the house next door looking for food. Wow. The neighbors okay. had accidentally left the door open. So we're just sitting there having a glass of wine, watching the stars. And she said, what, what movie was like one of the scariest for you forever? And I'm like, oh, hang on a second. Let me pull out my top 10 list. That's going to be on Naked <laughs> Monday with Sean O'Rourke. Here it comes at number nine, Alien. Oh, wait, Alien. Alien, right? sorry, Alien. Yeah, the first one. Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. Number one. Yep. When that thing came out of the stomach, that's the first time mm. I'd seen something like that. That freaked up. Yeah. That's, that's, it didn't make my two honorable mentions, but it's on my list. Okay. Both, first, oh, both the first two. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. That, that truly, truly, uh, along with one other movie that's on my list, which is coming up, just scared the bejesus out of me and, yeah. and rocked my world from then. That was the movie that made me go, now I want to dip into as much scary shit as I can possibly find. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was, well, I mean, the tagline for that 
I mean, it was rated R, so I wasn't allowed to see it back then. But the tagline for that, no one, because in space, no one can hear you scream. I love that line. I mean, just, just perfect marketing. Uh, so, oh, excellent choice. Kudos, sir. Thank Kudos you. Kudos on number nine. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You have number eight. Number eight. I don't have the writer or the director of this but it is one of the disaster flicks from the 1970s. And it was one of the only ones I think that was ever up for an Oscar uh, for best picture. And it's the towering Inferno. Oh, great movie. That movie. I mean, first of all, the cast is just spectacular. Uh, I, I've had man crush on Paul Newman since I was, my mom first introduced me to uh, like the sting and butch cassidy and what have oh. you. um but Those that whole cast that whole movie just the whole flow except as i got older i realized they shot it in san francisco and there's no way anybody in their right mind would build it building that tall in san francisco but that's neither here nor there that's so. what they call let leave your reality brain <laughs> right yes Exactly. But The Towering Inferno, I still, I love watching that movie. It never gets old for me. Um, so good. So, yeah, it's great. And speaking of San Francisco, which is my favorite city, probably in the country, for a number of different reasons, Don Siegel directed one of my all-time favorite stars, long, tall, drink of water, super handsome, and the iconic mystery man, Dirty Harry. Oh, that's number eight for you. That's number eight. Wow. Wow. Excellent then, choice as well. Next week could be number, it could be pushed. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But Dirty, when I first saw Dirty Harry and my dad and I were watching it, that's probably another really great reason that it meant something to me. Sure. Father who's passed away, but Dirty Harry, that was the first time I'm like, that is a modern day cowboy. Let's forget the fact that we saw him first in probably Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Right. In that Italian spaghetti Western kind of thing. But uh, when I saw that in the whole, you know, the, the monologue that gets quoted every single sure. with the big gun. And I'm like, this, that's who I wish I could be. Right. And it, it's, the, it's the dry comedic side comments that he makes. It's, you know, the impossible shots from a distance. Right. Especially with that gun. Yeah. Uh, and he always did it one-handed. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, cannonball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. That's a really good, really good choice. And I always think of that. And then I realize within, I think, a year or two, he then directs Play Misty for me, Oh, uh, which is on my list down here as well. Anyway. Well, I... See, here's the problem with 10. It's really got to be 20, but we didn't. Those, those no, it's got to be a thousand. Yeah. These are my top thousand movies of all time. I have 1,684, but <laughs> I, I, drew, I drew the line. Drew the line. All right, you're number seven. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I have two cheats on my list. All right. And this is my first cheat. I know it's your show but I'm, I'm taking some liberties with you, with my list in your show. My number seven is Mel Brooks. And it doesn't matter the movie. It's just Mel Brooks. So Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, 
silent movie, space balls, history of the world, part one, high anxiety. I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever he does, I love and I laugh. And I think Young Frankenstein to this day is still my favorite of his movies. And when, when, um, when he says he drops the brain and he picks up the, the, the abnormal brain and then he comes and he says, yeah, abnormal. And so, um, so Mel Brooks is my number seven. All right. That is a rule that you have broken, but I'm going to let it, you do that because it's you. Okay. I appreciate that. Anyone your, else? Your you generosity know. is truly appreciated. You know that. Yeah. You know that. All right. What was your number eight again? I'm sorry. My number eight was the towering inferno. Yeah, got it. I was so caught up in your uh, storytelling that yeah. Right, <laughs> if, I might, I might adapt that rule about having uh, the director, but I'm going to let it go. I'm going to go. Okay. My number seven is this movie. When I first saw it, <clears throat> literally, I could feel my mind just do this, and I and I couldn't, I couldn't quite follow it. Yeah. But I watched it again, and then it went even more that way. And then by the third time I watched it, it had kind of leveled out. And I have seen it no less than six or eight times. And it has one of the, my favorite scores of all time. It is captivating in every single scene. It stars one of my favorite actors that I don't really sit around and talk about much, but I think Leonardo DiCaprio is our generation's one of our generation's finest actors. And it is Inception by Chris Chris. Oh, Nolan. Nolan. Dude. Yeah. So so and I he's Nolan is would be the guy that I would probably say anything that Nolan does. Yeah. Because think about it. He started with Memento and then he's done Inception. And well, he did, actually, he started with a movie called Following. And you, it came out before Memento. He and his brother did it on a shoestring budget. And you have to, if you've not seen it, you have to watch it. And you because pull up, uh, following, we got to watch that one tonight. My producer, get her to do that. Be, because it makes you paranoid. Okay. It does perfectly. And by the way, Memento almost made my top 10. But it, 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 that it was came the close. That was a crazy head twist. Yes, but Inception, just the visual and how much you had to pay attention to that movie to get it, it all. You, 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 There was nobody in that theater in the original days that you got them said, hey, I'm going to go get some popcorn. No, oh, no. like, what the hell is going on here? Yes. Yeah, that's no, good no. call. Thank good you. call. Thank you. And that whole scene where he flips Paris. It's just still my favorite, one of my favorite scenes of all time. Like for, forget about how he did it. Think about how he created, how he crafted that idea. Yep. That's what blows my mind about Christopher and his brother is the way yeah. they interstellar was another yeah. one that just made me go. I had to watch that about three times before I truly, truly. Died. Well, as a science geek, I loved interstellar just for the science portion of it yeah but again that'll that'll take i'll take you down a rabbit hole on that one that you don't and, want to dude, go down we might have to have a follow-up call with um like our top five 
most complex movies and how we saw them. Okay. Wouldn't that be? Wow. That one's going to take much more thought. All right. Number six. Number six. Okay. This one's sentimental between the two of us because the first time I saw it, I was in LA with visiting you. LA Confidential? Boom. Boom. Oh. That's my number six movie. LA <laughs> Confidential. Okay. So James Elroy's, uh, you know, it's based on his LA Quartet. It's the third book in the LA Quartet. Um, and it's the longest of the, the quartet of books. But I mean, like him, I never thought that they put do that that book justice when I heard that they were doing it. And then you and I went to see it. And I don't think either one of us wanted to leave the theater. I think we just wanted to sit there and say, roll that again. Yeah. uh, So we could watch that again. But that was Curtis Hansen directed that one. And uh, Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody was just spot on perfect. Nobody more spot on than Kevin Spacey and Danny DeVito. Both of them in those particular roles were just unbelievable. Uh, but the whole movie and the fact that it lost to Titanic is still one of the greatest tragedies, uh, travesties in Oscar history. Right. Not as big as Saving Private Ryan losing to Shakespeare in Love, but still pretty big. My apologies for stealing the thunder. I did. I was trying to go that's, for the yes. OK, no, nope. that's why I set it up that way to see if you uh, if you got it. Dude, I remember that. I, I remember almost everything about that. We loved that. I, I couldn't get enough of that. It was like one of those. Well, it was funny because after that movie, the next day we went to Formosa. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That, that's what inspired us to go to Formosa. And did was it around that same time that I pulled out napkins and literally, as cliche as it sounds, started? Was that the weekend that I was drafting my very first notes about rewind that short film that i did back in the had you or had you already done rewind no you hadn't done uh, rewind i didn't yet. do rewind until i moved to charlotte right i got uh you might have been doesn't matter i remember you were talking about it but yeah the fountain of youth yeah oh dude that's a good call god that is uh that will be in my top 20 geez i, I missed yeah. that hmm. excellent sir okay my six yeah, um, is another one of those cases where I could literally, if I could just choose the series, it would it would get the job done. Um, Doug Lyman directed. It's um, Born Identity. Yes, you can go for all three. Yeah, uh, the fourth one doesn't count. Fourth uh, one doesn't no, the, count. I remember when uh, Tammy and I think we're living in New York when that fourth one came out. We saw the billboards in Mid- Midtown Manhattan, and we were so jacked to see it. Mm-hmm. And then we watched, and we're like. Yeah, it but was too long one, a gap. They had lost the, the momentum and what have you. Number one is the best because you had never seen a lot of that done. It yep. catapulted uh, Matt Damon into the stratosphere. Yep. Two was exceptional. Three was good. But four just went. Yeah. Actually, two is my favorite of them. But the first one is my pseudo favorite simply because it was the first one. And I love those books because we talked about it on my episode. Yes. The Born Identity is my favorite book. Ludlum. That is one of your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, it was my number one book. 
It's one of the few books that I've reread. It was, yes. Oh, Dude. excellent call. Yeah. I have nothing to complain about that choice. Mm -hmm. Number five. Okay, number five. Probably the movie that I, I can, the second most uh, movie, quoted movie. Movie I can quote the most, the second most. Whatever I'm trying to say. My number one is the one I can quote the most. My number five is probably the second one. And that's Casablanca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I watched that the first time with my mother because she had been saying some lines from it. And I thought they were great. And I was young, but I, I thought they were so funny. And she said, okay, we're going to watch this. And, um, uh, and she popped it in. She went out, bought it, I think, and popped it in or rented it at Blockbuster, the local VHS store and popped it in we watched it and I've loved that movie ever since. Uh, that movie is just fantastic. And the, my favorite line is I'm shocked. I'm shocked to hear that there is gambling in this establishment. Here's your winning, sir. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's just, I'm glad uh, you didn't go for the cliche one, the classic. one. Yeah. Oh no. Here's looking at you kid is, you know, that's, that's a great line, but there's, that's the, the, the lines in that and the buildup of it and the whole thing. Again, Ingrid Bergman yes. is in that movie um, Still with Humphrey Bogart. But I mean, the, the lines in it are just classic and he never says play it again, Sam. No, no, that line is never uttered at least and not by him. And it's Ingrid Bergman who says, play that, play this, play it, Sam, play for as time goes by, as time goes by. That so. made it into my bonus round, Casablanca did. I will tell okay. you. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, just. Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so, so good. rich, richly nuanced. And, and, I, and I can't decide whether or not a lot of, if, if a lot of that is uh, yearning for classic black and white movies with real. Maybe. No, movies. I mean, that movie, that movie stands the test of time. I mean. I, I, th I mean, I think another episode that you and I could do is name, pick your five or your 10 top lines from any movie. Okay. Uh, and oh. mine will probably, one of my top 10 would come from The Big Sleep with Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart, where she says, you know how to whistle, don't you? You just put your lips together and blow. Yeah. And um, coming from a 19-year-old girl on screen and what have you, it was pretty risque back then. Oh, yes, sir. I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> My number five okay. is um, a movie that stars two ginormous movie stars. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. They only appeared on, in, on screen, I think, twice, right, like right in the, about in the middle and then about the end. Yeah. It has one of the best soundtracks of all time. It I agree has, with you there because I know the movie. Yeah, yeah, it has one of the best shootout scenes in cinema history. I oh, think. I think the best. The best shootout the scene best. in cinema history. Yeah, and it's it's so dense and rich. I say that a lot, but it's just so meaty, and you you feel it's like when you're you're kind of nervous, and yet the nervous never really quite lets up, and the movie is heat. Yep. Michael Mann. Oh my God. I yeah. 
it, it could be it could be number three, but I put it at number five. But that is just I mean, that, the scene in the diner right after Pacino's character pulls over De Niro and then they do that scene is just mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And it's not long. There's not I mean, they go back and forth just a few times. Yeah. But it's the first time that they both appear on screen together uh, in that type of movie. Which because I don't think they ever appeared on screen in the Godfather series, so um, this was the first time that they were actually both on screen together. Okay, and if the audience would like it, uh, maybe later in the show we were going to reenact that. Well, you can act, I'm going to read because I, I can't act my way out of a paper bag, and you know that for a fact. So, we're gonna, we're gonna add that. As the bonus round. Okay. okay. All right. That's we'll fine. I've that. got it up on my machine. Okay. We're going to go now to your number four. Okay. This is my second cheat. Okay. Uh, this is my second cheat. Is, is his last name uh, start with an S? No. Okay. Go ahead. Eddie Murphy. Oh, really? But only four, four, three movies and one stand up company movie so it's 48 hours right trading places yes beverly hills cop yes and then his stand-up delirious yes exceptional i think i don't think anybody's hit it out of the park four times like he did in those four movies it does remind you what a monster monster talent he is yes yep and that, not to say that I don't like some of his subsequent stuff, I do. Um, but those four, first of all, my mother and stepfather took my brother and me to see 48 Hours long before we were eligible at 17 to get in there. In fact, child services might have been called on them uh, <laughs> if it happened today. I love that movie the first time i saw it forget the language and what have you i just thought the he was spectacular and his his rapport with nick nolte it wasn't rapport his back and forth with nick nolte was just awesome uh and so it was uh it was one of those movies that i i have lobbed on to globbed on to forever and a day and always will and then trading places i i I laugh as hard today as I did the first time I saw it. Yeah. So uh, those four Eddie Murphy movies. Uh, I do. It does make you remember what a supremely intelligent comedian he is. He, oh, yeah. He doesn't go for the cheap shots and the stupid no. stuff. He's just. He's, I mean, he was like that on SNL. Yeah. I mean, the wow. stuff that he, he came up with and, what, and whatnot was just, you know. Uh, James Brown and the hot tub. Yeah. Wet. Uh, yeah. So Eddie Murphy is my number four. Okay. Uh, that's two cheats. I'm going to let that one go. I, yeah. I'm, that's my last cheat. The rest of them are normal. Last right. three are normal. I know where I'm going to put my cheats later in the show. Here we go. Okay. All right. My number four is, um, and I made this mention of scary movies. This is the first time that I true blue, true blue got scared out of my seat and it was summertime, which was brilliant. And it was Jaws. Jaws. I knew you were going to say that. I almost picked Jaws in my top 10. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes. Steven Spielberg, in my opinion, and I'm going to get so much flack. People, Steven Spielberg went on to do so many great movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite Steven Spielberg movie, period, is Jaws. Jaws. Um, Drive, Scheider. Yep. Uh, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Yeah. I mean, he made that movie. He well, no, he didn't. The shark made the movie. But Robert Shaw brought some real uh, human. Humanity. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the obsessive. And it's where I first learned about the story about the USS Indianapolis. Uh, the story he tells when they're having dinner. Oh, yes. About the ship sinking in World War II. This car. I've become obsessed with that story Yeah, uh, since then. But yeah, oh, good pick. And good my pick. favorite line, my favorite line. Wait. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> We're gonna need a bigger boat, baby. Yep, there you go. That's uh, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, good call. Thank you. Good call. Thank you. Thank you. Number three. Okay, this should come as no surprise to you because you actually asked it uh, on my podcast, on my uh, YouTube show when we did it. Um, you asked me what my favorite movie of his is, and here it is. Number three is The Dark Knight. Oh, second yes. in the Nolan Batman trilogy. Well, yeah. first of all, I'm a huge Batman fan. Yes, we know uh, that. Well, you know that. Your your audience may not know that. I am a huge Batman fan. Um, and I think that, you talk about Batman more than just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell that to Susan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for my money in the Nolan trilogy, that one is is the best. Uh, of the three and and standing among all the comic book uh, movies is is probably my favorite um, still a huge fan of the original Christopher Reeve Superman but I think the Dark Knight uh, is my favorite of the comic book movies uh, I'm going to agree with you 100% there that is my favorite comic and I'm not the comic book guy like you are but uh, and I could rattle off a few but that when I saw The Dark Knight, because of my sensibility or appreciation of Christopher Nolan, I went, my mind was blown yeah. because it was so dark and gritty and not popcorny and bubbly right. and silly. And I was like, wow, this guy gets it. Woo. And and it's something about the Joker character that just brings out the best in people. I mean, uh, so and and the yeah. best Joker too. Would you say the best Joker? Uh, yeah, from, if I'm looking at it from how I picture the Joker to be, uh, if it was, if comics were, were true life kind of deal. Yeah. But I do have to say Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was really good too. Um, and he was more violent like the Joker is in the comics than Heath Ledger's Joker was, uh, so that they're the combination of the two would probably be my favorite, but uh, no, I, I go back and forth. It depends yeah. on the day. I think I think uh, Heath took it to a new level. Heath Heath got the anarchy right. Yeah, Joaquin got the the murderous side of Joker right. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I won't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent choice, dude. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. I'm excited uh, to hear your number three. My number three is 
this is one of those movies that I think you can literally just put on your calendar and watch once a year for the rest of your life because it is, in my opinion, and I won't say this about many, but it is a perfect movie. A perfect movie by one of the greatest directors of all time. And yes, it had many series that followed, but it's The Godfather. Mm. I mean, come on. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. That's been on one of the paid movie channels. That and part two have been on. And so every time I flick through, I just stop and I watch it for like 10 to 15 minutes. And don't you agree? Do you not agree with the fact that you could literally watch it once a year and, and not tire of it? Oh, I could watch it once a month. I yeah. mean, look, I, 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 every time it's on, I stop, I flip to it, I go to it. It doesn't matter the scene. I'm, I'm watching it. We won't and, talk about. We won't talk about the second one, although that was exceptional. I mean, in some ways, the second one is even better than the first one. In some ways. Well, I almost. I don't talk about the third one. That I was getting. That was my tee up. Is I'm. I, I don't. I didn't. But. Uh, but the third one does have one of the best lines in movie history. Every time I get out, they pull me back in. Oh, that so. is. You know, it's an interesting, that's an interesting line because I have used that in my life. And the first time I said it, uh, I said it out of just kind of an organic moment. And someone says, oh, you're a Godfather fan. And I, and I stopped and I went, what? Oh, that's right. That's you have to remember where that's from. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. It's a resident of movies, not very memorable, but that. You know, that's soliloquy and everything he does is, is acting, great. directing, score, design, makeup, script, the whole thing. Script, a and again, another one of the great lines. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Yeah. So, OK, right. I, I can't I can't argue with that. Yeah, not not at all. OK, number two for many people, including yourself, may come out of left field. It is the original of it. Again, I think it's 1957. I think it was Sidney Lumet's first directorial, if not his first, one of his first directorial efforts. And it is 12 Angry Men. Oh. The one with Henry Fonda, Lee J. Cobb, E.G. Marshall, Jack Klugman, I mean, uh, Begley, Ed Begley Sr. Oh, is in there. That movie, to this day, captivates me almost unlike any other sort of drama movie does. And it's the fact that everybody is so perfectly this is this character, this is this character, this is this character. And then you see the evolution of each of them. Uh, and I, I, I can't envision anybody but Henry Fonda playing that moral compass. I just don't, I, I can't think of anybody else in that era who could have played that moral compass, which is why I don't, I've never watched any of the play versions or the, the remakes and what have you, because in my mind, it is that black and white, and uh, it is just those 12 men in the, the jury room sweating their, their asses off. And, uh, and so, yeah, 12 Angry Men is my number two. Dude, that is such, that is such a good call, and, I, and it didn't register me. I'm going to watch that this weekend. 
Uh, you know, when, when I brought this up, um, a couple of these, like Casablanca, I haven't seen in a while. 12 Angry Men, I probably haven't watched in a couple of years. And yeah, so when I was making this list, I was thinking, oh, crap, I got I to gotta find these and, and watch them. I'm going to go one better. I'm going to take uh, your list. So far, I'm pretty much every one of them. Well, I won't say which one's not, but I'm going to go buy them so that I have them. And also... I'm still, I've got your list of books from your show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was reading them off to Tammy. She's like, impressive. So I'm, I'm on a search to add some of those to my library. Okay, so, fair enough. Um, I like that. 12 Angry Men. Well, it's funny because my number two is truly, it's, there's a joke in our house. We have, at one time, we had Time Warner Cable and or Cox at, and, and Netflix and HBO and Disney and Paramount. We had everything you possibly could. Right. And for some reason, we'd be sitting there doing this on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> this? Oh. 57 channels. Bruce Springsteen said it. 57 channels and nothing's on. And now it's 570 and channels. What's the one movie? I literally have one movie inside my DVD player that sits off by itself. We never use it. That disc never leaves because when that conversation comes up, Sean, we go, you want to watch? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all the president's men. That's Get out of here. That's your number two? That's my number two. That's why I wasn't getting geeked on you because I was <laughs> like, that is one of my all-time, from the first frame to yep. the last, I have, I'm, I'm in thorough enjoyment mode yep robert redford i i got a man crush on that dude uh to this day he's just there's something about he's so real and dustin hoffman and then the two of them together the together between them. right and when you see those news in uh, the washington post newsroom and you're and you're 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 hearing these old crusty character actors that yeah. i that I grew up watching, and I'd love to impress you by rattling their names off, but I can't. It's the first editor, and then the anyway. Jason Robards plays Jason. Ben Bradley. Jack Warden, who's in Twelve Angry Men, plays the the Washington uh, section editor and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I I have never ever ever tired of that movie, and nope. I know it is a fictionalized account, like you mentioned earlier. But God bless America, I love it. <laughs> Now that explains, if, well, you, you can tell we have good taste and, yeah. and we've been around each other for a while, but that, that is a good call. That yeah. movie is, uh, I love that movie. And I am not kidding. And, I'm not, we literally, when we can't decide on a movie. That goes in. I bet. What is it? It's June. We've seen it already three times this year already. When you just hit with those lags and it's, and yeah. it's, you know, a cloudy little day, which hardly ever happens in San Diego, and you're just kind of lazy and you need to check out on a Sunday, pull the drapes, pop that in. I'm as happy as I can be. I'm, I'm okay with that. You you get major props for uh, for that pick. All right. We're now down to your number one, young man. And my my number one is undisputed. This this movie, it for it to change would take a monumental production and there have been some in the last 40 years because this movie just celebrated its 40th anniversary 
last week. And I, I want to give a quick backstory, if I could. Please this movie came out at the exact same time as the original Clash of the Titans with Harry Hamlin and what have you. And my brother and I convinced my parents to take us to see Clash of the Titans. We were so excited because the Kraken's in there and you got Pegasus and you got Medusa and we were so excited. They didn't want to see it. And my dad's mother and, and father were visiting one of their kids out in California and said, you have to go see this movie. We just saw it last night. We had the greatest time ever. And my parents overruled my brother and me and my brother and I are so pissed. We're crying in the back. We're screaming. We're tearing at the back seat. After the first five minutes, my brother gets up from his seat and moves to the front row so he can watch the movie from the front row. And I have seen this movie, I'm not lying, probably a hundred times in the 40 years since. And it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is by far and away my favorite movie of all time. Dude, that is such a strong call. Everything else is adjustable. It can flow in and out and whatnot. This one is at the top and will probably not be unseated uh, before my, my demise. And, um, and it's uh, talk about one of my favorite lines. There's a, a back and forth and Indy and it wants to go after the Ark and uh, he's telling Salha to get things set up. And Salha says, how are you going to get it? He's, and Indy says, I don't know, I'm making this up as I go. And um, it's my favorite, it's one of my favorite lines of movie history. And uh, I use that often uh, at certain things, but it is without a doubt my favorite movie of all time. Strong, strong choice. Yeah. And can I share with you a, not six, not five, but one degree of separation to Harrison Ford? Sure. So I'm living in Los Angeles the first time. I did three tours of duty, as you recall. Right. First time, I'm uh, just about ready to really crack the voiceover market. And my agent calls and says, um, there's a top. Well, I know, the, I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. You got to tell people. Play with me because I never get to tell this story because I don't really generally, I try not to brag, but it is a happy moment of my life. Um, agent Biggest says, moment. It's in the top 10. Agent says, can you do Harrison Ford? Can you impersonate his voice? And I'm like, what? Can you do Harrison Ford? I'm like, Give me 24 hours. Let me, let me get back to you. She said, sure. So I'll, you know, rented every move, probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. And did it and did it and did it and did it. And listen, 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 listen. And then I started watching. And I knew, I figured out the tell. But I, I didn't know how to connect the tell, meaning the tell on how he formulates his words, which is half of mimicry, and the actual sound. Because I have a similar sound. So I'll never forget. We go to the audition in the big, in a big studio in Hollywood and I'm auditioning and I'm doing it and I'm doing it. And you know, the room is full of producers and it's a little, sure. and you're sweating your pits off. And she goes, geez, Dave, you're, you're close, but we're not really sure. I said, look, 
can I just take five minutes? Cause this has been, this has been tough. You're drilling me. And I just, I need, let me take a breath. Give me, she goes, okay. You know, she's on the intercom. Yeah. Okay. Take five minutes. And she steps away. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I had a flashback of what he does with his mouth. And then I went, and then I mumbled it instead of tried to throw it. Right. And, I went, and I went, snakes. Why did it have to be? And she whipped around. She goes, what? She goes, do that again. I'm like, why? And I did it again. Long story short, they hired me. And I'm the voice of Indiana Jones and Raiders uh, or uh, Temple of the Forbidden Eye. And, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I remember because I've I went on that ride after you you told me about that years you know whenever I don't I remember out there after you you tell me about that so the coolest part and with this all closed the coolest part is they drove me down limo we go down to they're building the structure they said we want you to see where the space is so that you'll know how to throw your voice into that space. Sure. And we get to doing this. So I went there, analyzed it. You know, it's a roller coaster, it's this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay. So then we go back to the studio days later. And, you know, I'm sw he's swinging from a rope. So I'm trying to throw my voice in that direction. It was a great, one of the yeah. greatest stories I have to tell and about. you did an excellent job. Thank you. Excellent job. So good. I wish they had, Disney had paid like you'd think they would. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, well, we're down to my number one. Where this is yours. All right. My number one is not going to blow you out of the water. Uh, these are exceptional stories. Some of the best stories really in the history of film. This particular film, for whatever reason, gets me every single solitary time. And it does it for a number of reasons. Number one, it's chock full of some great actors. And those actors that will come to your mind when I first tell you the title, in my opinion, it's some of their absolute best performances and, and they're very nuanced performances. Number two, it's magical, meaning didn't really happen, but you can suspend your mind just enough to almost believe it happened. Okay. Number three, I'll give you the second, I'll give you, I'll twist these around. It has one of my favorite lines in the movie and it gets me every single solitary time. And it's when the lead actor turns and he just goes, Hey dad, you want to play catch? And I love baseball. Mm -hmm. Field of dreams. Oh, Okay. And, and the reason it grabs me every time is that about my dad. Sure. And and that's the whole story. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole story. It's fathers, sons, and baseball. And the the connection that it forms. Yeah. And uh, so I I not my favorite Costner movie. No. It's and not my favorite baseball movie. But it's one of those movies that when you want to feel good yes. in sort of that melancholy way, yeah. that's a movie that you can pop on. Because you do feel good, but you also feel sad at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's because my dad worked three jobs most of my life. 
and he was a great example and I adored him. He was my friggin' hero. Very, very seldom could we have enough time to play pitch, but we'd get in the backyard on a summer night after I just mown the grass and mom's cooking and it's wafting through the window. And to hear the snap of that ball hit that glove and him yeah. and going back and forth. And that to me, it's just that little piece of Americana that I lost too soon in life because he died when I was 28. Right. And uh, this past Father's Day, I'm like 33 Father's Day, Father Days without him. Anyway, so on a, it's purely sentimental, uh, but I do love baseball. I will not. It's, no, no sentimental explanation needed. It's a good movie. It hits you the right way. And that's what this these lists are all about. It's your favorite, yeah. not the best but your favorite. And that's an interesting choice because I had Bull Durham oh, on my list. That is a better uh, baseball movie, movie but right. it's the yes. magic. When, when two, James, two totally yeah. separate movies. There's, when, when James Earl Jones starts talking about baseball. 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 Yeah. And yep. they still use that clip on the audio on baseball commercials now. And it's just oh, yeah. the nostalgia of what it was like. And now, you know, we went to uh, Tammy's brother works for the Los Angeles Angels. And so we get to go see the games. And, you know, uh, you know, by the time you this is completely ridiculous, but by the time you buy a hot dog and a beer and a this and a that, you've spent a fortune. You have a second mortgage. Yeah, and I look at parents bringing in a, a row of kids. I'm like, how, how do you do that anymore? And right. the nostalgia isn't quite what this, the same yeah. as it was. But, but it, I do have to agree with you. There is nothing like having a catch. Just going out to have a catch. There's yeah. nothing like it to sort of emotionally and mentally reset yourself. Slow I love doing that. Yeah. It's a good call. Good, good, good way to end your list. Ah, thank you. Excellent way to end your list. Yeah. Now, just because we can, I have, well, but this is so ridiculous because I, I just couldn't stop. I do have, <laughs> I have a couple of bonuses and I got a couple of honorable mentions. And well, I, I yeah, I, I, I have like 50 honorable mentions and bonuses. So, How about we do this? How about we do three bonuses and three honorable mentions? Okay. Well, I only had two bonuses, but okay. Do two of them. And I'll, I'll let you shoot the whole. Okay. So I'll do two bonuses and then I'll pick two honorable mentions. And while I'm doing my two bonuses. Right. Okay. Right. So my, my, my first bonus and again, people are going to look at me weird, is Anti-Mame with Rosalind Russell. Wow. If you've never seen Anti-Mame, not no. the Lucille Ball version. You no. can't do the Lucille Ball version. No. Rosalind Russell as Anti-Mame, I never wanted a relative like that so bad in all of my life. I still do. I still want any relative to be like her. Okay. in 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 my life um it is such a fun movie and you just wish that you had you could be around somebody like that and i will say this my wife is not that kind of gregariousness right a, a, around you 
but she is. So one of the really famous lines in that, that movie is, is she says, life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. And, and, and that's kind of how my wife is, is that, look, I've, I've got limited time and I want to accomplish stuff and I I'm going to accomplish it. Yeah. You can either get on board or you can stand by the wayside, but this is, this is my thing. So not that Annie Mame reminds me of Susan. I certainly hope not. But that that kind of be damned with everybody else. I've got my thing. And right. for that era and whatnot, it was very unusual to have a woman be that way. And that's why the movie works in some ways. Dude, you're uh, such an old soul. Wow. I am a little bit of an old soul. And that's because my mother, my mom and I, especially when my parents got divorced, you know, my mom had two boys and she wanted to do right by us. And uh, we were kind of personality wise the same. Uh, we were both night owls yeah. and we would find and she grew up watching movies, loved movies. And Are so you- she introduced me to a wide variety of movies. Wow. Are you still a night owl? Say again. Are you still a night owl? Oh, well, less so now because I have to get up at five o'clock to go to the gym and whatnot so you can't and at you know at some point you do need to sleep and uh and and what have you but yeah i mean if i had my druthers i'd go to bed at four and get up at 11 uh but that that's not the way my world works at the moment yeah so what's uh, your number two bonus my number two bonus i mentioned him earlier that he's been one of my lifelong man crushes that's paul newman and it's one of those movies that people know, may or may not know about. And I've always been riveted by the movie and his performance in it. And it's The Verdict. I was going to say The Verdict. Yes. One of my favorite movies of his. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, God. it's not, it's not, you know, it's not Butch Cassidy. It's not The Sting. It's not um, uh, The Hustler and whatnot, which were also on my list. But the verdict is really, it's one of those movies to where you are so invested in him coming through um, because you know how badly he needs it in his life. Uh, And I knew it. I mean, I saw it in the theaters again with my mom. Uh, She trusted me that I could go see adult movies and not say adult things inappropriately. Uh, My brother was another story, but... uh, but yeah, and so um, it's one of those movies you don't really seek out too often, but sometimes I just want to watch him in in that kind of role. And so the verdict's my second bonus. And he, like Robert Redford, can just about dial it in, and I still like it. Yeah. And I used to would have said, used to would have said, wow, that's bad. Easy for you to say. I used to, would, I, I, at one time I would have said of Robert De Niro, I would watch him read the newspaper on stage. Right. Until I saw the recent movie Heist. Oh, I didn't see that. Don't. Yeah. I don't know if it was bad script. He wasn't into it. Bad editing. You know, so many things go sure. wrong. Hard yeah. to make a film, but it was pure shit. Okay. 
Okay. My, my two bonuses while you uh, figure out your honorable mentions while still paying attention with my... Uh... I, I will pay dual attention until you call on me again. All right. And I... I can't believe I didn't put it in the 10, but I'd already locked my 10. So I put it as my number one bonus as though it were 11, which could be three. Who knows? One of my favorite movies of all time. My favorites in my top three favorite soundtracks of all time. We've already mentioned his name as a lead actor that we both really like. Your number one. My number. Oh, no. I just had a story about it. Um, Blade Runner. Oh, good one. Could watch that thing once a month for the rest of my life. That the script, the, the, it was so ahead of its time. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think it was so ahead of its time. And there have been so many copycats since, and nobody has done it quite like him. Right. But and Rutger Hauer in that movie is really good. Dude, one of my favorite, I would impress you by pulling it up. At one moment, I memorized that I've seen ships off the starboard of Orion. You know, I had that memorized at one time. I love that scene. Like tears in the rain. Like tears in the rain. Yep. Well, and, and I will say this, Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling, from a visual and an uh, sound effects pers perspective, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I was so glad I saw it in the theater. Yes. It was probably 40 minutes too long. I would agree. Visually and audibly was, I was just blown away by that movie. Um, I think it was a little bit too, you know, cockamamie in certain sense and way too long but i mean i was just mesmerized watching it and listening to it remember when that whole uh original blade runner direct uh, blade runner then director's cut, cut then, without the vo then yeah then then without the vo and then the subsequent ending then a tack on ending that of this right. i like i like the original i think it's the original that i like most and i uh, is is and then oh and then when I saw 2049 I went oh my god did they do it again did they yeah. did they add this thing on that doesn't really do you need to over explain this whole yeah, thing yeah exactly you, you already know and just cut it and go right right Ugh. but it, it is worth it if if is to take both movies and watch them back to back I was it just is worth it. You know, would be I would fly to fly. I would drive to Los Angeles. What am I saying? I would drive to Los Angeles. It'd, it'd take me a good uh, ninety-four minutes. Yeah. Um, if the Cinerama Dome, which is you oh, know, yeah. yep, about to be, they want to drop. Some people want to drop it. Other people want to renovate it and keep it alive. I hope they do. It's one of the most spectacular theaters in, in the world. If you've never seen it, uh, I saw. Um, uh, 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 Val Kilmer in the movie The Doors there. Oh, okay. Wish I'd been high. All right, but here's the <laughs> great. Can you imagine seeing Blade Runner and then 2049 back-to-back -back on a on a Blade Runner weekend on that screen, which is... That, that would be fantastic. The width of the building. Yep. Okay, sorry. I got really carried away because that's... That's, my... that's quite okay. And number that's two cool. bonus, 
because yep. because um, not because he's my favorite uh, director. However, I really, really do like him. He's a basket case of a guy, I think, maybe, possibly, I don't know. Maybe it's a persona. He's done some remarkable films. But this one turned my turned my head and kept it turned. And uh, I think it set the precedent for other filmmakers coming up to kind of borrow some of that move around technique. Sure. It, it revitalized one career and solidified another. It's shocking great actors. Pulp Fiction. Absolutely. Yeah. That, um, that, that was... So that's on the very top of my bonus list. Okay. Would have been Pulp Fiction, but that won't be my bonus pick then since you did it. But Tarantino is, yeah. He's a genius. I mean, he, yeah. really, he really is. Yep. And, and my wife, I was running this past her and she said, wait a minute, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, isn't it? I'm like, no, I love that film. Yeah, but but it, nothing beats the experience of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, when you saw that, you literally thought to yourself, I'm seeing something brand new for the first time in my life yep. and I'm all in for the ride and I'm not letting go. And I think he produced the most tension filled scene I've ever sat through. And that is the opening scene oh. of Inglorious Bastards. Oh, where Christoph Waltz interrogates the farmer. I that's what launched that, I, I see launched his career. Well, yeah, here if globally, yes. Yeah. But I think in from just your gripping your seat so hard, just the writing of it, the language he uses, and then Walsh's delivery of everything is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but then the visual, the cutting, the the people under the floor, the farmer, him, oh. the guards outside. I mean, it is, without a doubt, I sat through that scene and I really thought I was going to lose my fingertips digging into the armrest so hard because it was, the buildup was so spectacular. So uh, solid, dude. So yeah. solid. So solid. Yep. All right. Okay. I, I got two well, honorable mentions. And okay. do you want to, you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to do one, then I'm going to get your one, and then I'm going to okay. get okay. Okay. Uh, and one of my honorable mentions, you've already used as one of your favorites, which I think is uh, another movie that I think is a perfect movie for so many reasons between casting, directing, editing, and the, uh, the emotive, the ability to create such an emotive, visceral response, Casablanca. Just, yep. just. It's almost a cliche to say it's a perfect movie, but it, it truly is. And it stands the yeah. test of time on, on a romance level, on, on subterfuge, you know, what's behind the scenes. Yep. I mean, rock solid. Good call. Thank you. Good call. Okay. So then let me pick one from my long, 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 long list. See, it's hard, isn't it? Oh, it does. It sucks. You know what? I'm going to pick, because I'm doing an episode of Top 10 TV Shows, I'm not going to pick this movie because I actually like the TV show better. Um, 
All right. Well, then let me pick this one simply because from a screenplay perspective, it might everybody claims and it just might be the most perfect screenplay. Chinatown. Oh, I mean, Chinatown. They mentioned the word, the title of the movie once in the movie and the very last scene. Yes. But that movie is dark. It's ugly. The people in it are ugly. The situation is ugly, and it is so true about everything. Uh, and um, it is, without a doubt, one of. Do not go into it if you are if you want an uplifting movie, yeah. or if you if you're in a good mood. Do not watch Chinatown if you're in a good mood. It's funny because Tammy went for a long one of her long runs on a Sunday recently. And I, I, pop, I saw it coming across. I popped it in, watched it. It is so thoroughly enjoying. Watching Jack Nicholson do his thing yep. is just, it's a joy to watch those early Nicholson. And then the- John Houston is Houston. an evil, evil Gets. man. Yeah. Mr. Gitz. Gitz. Oh, he is an evil character. Yeah may just be the most evil character in the history of cinema. Forget Darth Vader. Uh, he's up there. I mean, he's up there with Hannibal Lecter and uh, Silence of the Lambs, which yep. uh, is uh, on my list. of On my list. Yeah. Okay, so what's your second honorable mention? 2001 Space Odyssey. Excellent call. Here's why. And yes, it's a, another one of those movies that is almost too long. But I'll give it the length because it was so ahead of its time and Kubrick had such a wild vision. And it's the languorous meandering that I actually like because they're in, in space. Right. So things kind of tend to move this way anyway. Right. So it would make sense for the story. You're not in a hurry. You're not going anywhere fast. And how- well, Even if you are going fast, it's still going to take you forever to get yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and Hal, the voice of Hal. Oh, and, yeah. hey, how are you doing today, Dave? I can't do that, Dave. I can't do that. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Oh, excellent call. And I think you have to be, talk about an opening. I mean, the way that opens and the soundtrack and everything, again, a near perfect opening, but I think you have to enjoy, I think you have to, that movie, I think you have to enjoy the art of filmmaking. Yes. Just as much as films itself. And maybe that's part of my, passion for this movie yeah i think it you, you have to be because i think you have to know how technically difficult that movie was to make uh to really appreciate some of its finer points and its subtlety so oof good yeah. call good call okay so you already mentioned the silence of the lamb so i'm not going to do that one I mean, if, when you think about silence of the lambs that's kind of, that was my motivation for devour yeah, the bar that I wrote, which is, you know what? I'm going to go to your horror genre. Do it. The original Halloween. Okay. Oh, by John yeah. Carpenter. 
back in the day when real, true, gritty, real, uh, uh, gritty scare was legit. Where, where he didn't do it with, with sort of sharp cuts and loud sound effects. He did it with an ominous piano uh, refrain and the visuals and the character closure. Yeah. I mean, that movie is to this day, I could watch it. I watch it every Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Every October when it's on, I watch it. But it is, it's fantastic. I love that movie. Awesome pick. Yeah. Wow. Just for curiosity, I'm going to put you on the complete button and then we're going to start to wrap because I realize I've kept you quite a long time. Okay. Do you have any movie? Do you have a movie that just, if someone says, okay, yeah, it's a great story or uh, yeah, I like that actor. But when you watched it, this is key. When you watched it, you either said, well, I've never seen anything quite like that, like Inception, or that made me feel in such a way that I'd never really felt that way before. Have you, does any movie come to mind that, like? This, well, the first one that I picked, my number 10, The Seven Seal. Yeah, okay. That unnerved me. I was a kid when I first watched it. So yeah, I didn't get it. Uh, but the visuals totally unnerved me. I mean, just totally. There's a at the end of the movie where they've I won't I won't give it away. But when they're all on the hillside, and the hillside is dark, they're dark, but the background is a gray, a light gray. So they're all silhouetted and they're dancing on the hillside down. I didn't understand what that meant, but I got the feeling. Right. I knew exactly what it meant, even though I didn't know what it meant by watching that scene. And then when you come to actually know what it means, it, it jolts you even more. Um, and so from that visual perspective, for me, that was the first movie that ever did it for me. Even more than Jaws, because I saw Seven Seal after Jaws. Oh, wow. And I thought Jaws, from a visual standpoint, I mean, I scared the crap out of me and I saw it for the first time in a drive-in and I was scared to be just outside on the, the grass and whatnot. But yeah, um, uh, yeah but the, the Seventh Seal is one of those movies where just visually I'm, I'm always unsettled by it. And it's so funny when you, it's such an interesting premise because when I think of things that scare me, Jaws, Jaws was so commonplace middle America, right? Meaning Everybody goes out on the, on the 4th of July or the summer. Everyone, you know, a lot of people go to the beach and uh, other sharks and other sharks, maybe sharks, but, you know, but there's water and there's waves. Um, but that's, that was the first time something came along that said, let's take something very commonplace in your average day and now scare the shit out of you. Right. Let's right. ruin it for you. Right. Not like seven, which scared the shit out of me. Right. Which one of my all time, yeah, all time favorites, because you could feel yourself get this nervousness that yep. never, ever let go. And each time they reveal the, there's only one thing that annoyed me about the film. Only one thing is the fact that uh, it's, it's one time that Brad Pitt overacted so badly, like yeah. in general, but, but it, you, you, it didn't bother you then, 
because you're so wrapped up in the gruesomeness of the story. And then that final scene, you know, no, but anyway, won't ruin that. Um, I will say this about seven. Yeah. I think it, it did one of the more masterful scare tactics in all of movie history. For me, at least. No, in um, when the prostitute is killed by her John, and all you see is a picture of the device that he made him wear. And all David Fincher did was let your imagination run with that brief glimpse of that contraption and what horrific images that you could conjure up. And all I could think about is, dude, just let him shoot you. It would be better if he had just shot you as opposed to you doing what you did. Yeah. And um, and also David Bowie's scariest song ever closes out that movie. Yes. And, and you, you just reminded me of something that we should, we, we could spend a whole nother show on and that is favorite directors. And David Lynch is in my top five favorite directors. The way he constructs a scene and his tonalities and the choices he uh, makes for perspective like Zodiac, for instance, one of the greatest. You mean David Fincher. Yeah. David Lynch is the other director. I'm sorry, I meant Fincher. Yeah. It's, it's David Fincher because then yeah. Zodiac, the way that was shot yeah. and comprised and moved and colored, exceptional. Yeah, I like David Lynch, but uh, no, David Fincher just. Yes, I agree with you because I'm more into the dark. I mean, Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fight Club's on here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he is he's really good at creating atmosphere. Well, we could very easily go all. Oh, yeah, we could go all day. Seriously. Well, this has been awesome. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is I was going to do that scene. I'm, I'm going to let that scene go. Okay. Um, we'll do it another we can time. Do it again. Yeah, because we can uh, do it again. I got so many podcasts and YouTube uh, appearances in my scheme of things uh, we, we got plenty of time well would so maybe that's what uh an episode another episode is that you come up with some of your favorite scenes and then we just read them out that would be fun because this that one particular one of heat is one of my favorite scenes just yeah. and the score that that lays just underneath it is so perfectly placed also i've eaten at that restaurant kate mandolini there in uh Midtown, Westwood, uh, just exceptional. But anyway, that would be fun. And, you know, you tell me, you you started off by going, well, I'm not an actor. I couldn't act my way out of a bag. But No, no, I'm going to read it. But you act it. I'm going to run lines with you. How's that? I'm going to run lines with oh, you. Oh, you're using a little uh, Hollywood. A little, uh, I'm going to use some industry jargon. I know enough to make me dangerous. All right. Well, look at you, big boy. Well, uh, thank I'll you run for lines time. with you. Naked Monday is a better place to be because of you, Sean O'Rourke. Uh, thank you, David Temple. This was fun. And my list will probably change if we do this again in a year. You know, what would really be interesting is the top 100. However, no one would ever sit through it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh. I, do. I, I, I don't think I could sit down to do that. I don't think I have that much discipline. 10 was hard enough. You, are you surprised that I didn't ask you one time, what is that on the wall behind you? I'm guessing it's hustle and not hustler. There yeah. you go. And hustle, baby. This is our office or one portion of it. 
And what is this? And this is the uh, insurance company. Correct. This is Combs and Company. This is uh, Global Headquarters uh, for the brokerage. And um, I sit over there where you can't see. So right now I'm taking up people's space because I kicked everybody out of the office so I could record this. Awesome. What the part of town are you in? Midtown. Got it. So right uh, just a few blocks north of the Flatiron Building. Oh, I love that building. Who doesn't, Great right? building. Yeah. If you remember correctly, I got married in the park. Right across I remember the street from very me. well. Don't make me pull up photographs. They're on my phone. I, I, actually, I I was looking through the uh, the book, and you and I are prominently featured in one of those photos. Yeah, yeah. I remember the uh, you had a custom-made suit done just for that I, wedding. I did. I wonder if I can fit into it. I'm hoping I can. You mean that would be really good? So massive, not because you put on weight. Uh, no, I, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping my shoulders have gotten broader to where I hulk out in that and whatnot. So, dude, thanks for doing this. I'm so hey, happy. my friend, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing mine, and uh, I can't wait to see this in its full glory. And I'll I'll promote it out to the world at large. Thank you. It'll probably be uh, you know this might be one episode. I'm a notorious editor because I want everything a certain way. I think this might be the first time I don't cut a dang thing. I never cut mine. Yeah. I want everybody to experience it just the way I experienced it. So. Well, it would save so much time because once you start fiddling, you have a hard oh, time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other reason I don't edit. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, any cl last closing words of wisdom that comes out of the Shauna, mind of Sean O'Rourke? Watch movies. They're fun. Watch TV, read books, listen to music, get outside, work out, move, nice. enjoy yourself. I like that. Give Susan my love. I will. Tell, give Tammy a kiss. I'll do it. All right, my man. Be good. See ya. Bye. We had so much fun putting that top 10 list together. And yes, it will change again tomorrow. Heck, maybe tonight. You have any idea how hard that is? All right. If not... Pull out a pen and paper. Jot down your top ten. Okay, you're probably wondering who's on next week's show, right? Well, I have to admit something. Between hosting my other podcast, The Thriller Zone, and recording audiobooks every few weeks, I have to remember that I am, first and foremost, a writer. And what do writers do? Or should be doing pretty much every day? <laughs> That's right. Writing. So with that said... I'm going to move Naked Monday off to maybe once a month or so instead of weekly. And instead, I'm putting all of my attention on my big passion, thrillers. Now, if you know someone you feel would make a good guest on Naked Monday, a show that's come to honor creatives who are living their dream, then by all means, please have them get in touch with me via my website, davidtemplebooks.com. Okay, like I said, I've got chapters to write and shows to edit, so speaking for Naked Monday and The Thriller Zone, I'm David Temple. I'll see you next time.